0: Look, if you like basketball and you like business, you're going to like this episode. Brian does a really good job of breaking down the similarities between the two and help you relate your business career to your basketball career. and It's a really fun one. It was a conversation that I enjoyed, and I look forward to talking with Brian more. If you enjoyed this one, please review this podcast. It helps me to keep going on with it. And uh, let me know who else you would like to hear interviewed. Enjoy. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I am Myson Jones here with Basketball to Business Podcast. I am with Brian Hirschman. He's the owner and CEO of Top Gun Basketball Academy and Indie Hoops. Brian, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, great to be here, and uh, and uh, e meets you basically is what we say.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Can you can you tell the audience? your background and take me back to when you started top gun and we just talked on social you started it during a a a market that was down quote unquote what was that time like for you what were you doing yeah
1: 2000 uh i started i got a, i got an opportunity born and raised in san diego uh i played varsity basketball and i was um for whatever reason both you know appropriately titled for your podcast Interested in, I fell in love with basketball and I loved about right around 98 when the internet was really starting to, to, you know, still dial up, but still very compelling and exciting to me. I fell in love with the internet. I fell in love with basketball. And, um, you know, I just always was like this, the, the prototypical, uh, very cerebral player, fundamental that all the coaches could see you know the way I thought and, and and played the game was like a coach uh didn't have all the athletic tools or uh, maybe any of them but uh was able to to just be savvy on the court and uh was able to kind of negotiate my way through I, I I was telling someone I was kind of ahead of my time I think because i was uh I was a three point specialist in a time where that wasn't really, uh, I still wasn't, it was still big, but it wasn't like it is today, you know? So I was a three point shooting guy and I had some great coaches growing up. So I was ready for the opportunity when I went to university of Arizona and I came back. Um, we, uh, uh my, an old coach of mine had a couple of club teams and he just pretty much gave me the blueprint. He said, here's the players charge them. This, uh, this is what you'll make. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, and I was just, I remember he told it to me and my friend and he was offering the opportunity. And before he even fit, he's like, hey, I got these teams. And I i jumped on it. When I got that opportunity, um, I turned that one team into two, two into four. And I, that's just my mentality was, and our Top Gun was, I competed with myself. Every year I would look back and I say, did I add something new? Did I, I like, what did I change? It, it had to be. Something new had to be changed, added to my, to my, to my game, basically kind of like how a player, like if you are not amazingly better every year, you are not going to make it. Like you have to change every, you have to reinvent yourself almost every year. And so that's basically what we did to a point where it got, I went almost, I went probably too far and I actually learned, Okay. Uh, there's actually some things that you have to take away. Like, let's talk about business. Like, um, you know, now, it, 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 now I, my focus start, had to start to be like, I need to start taking away things. This is too much and being more efficient, uh, with what I was doing. So, um, I, I kind of think of basketball, uh, we could talk about this as well. And I've actually formulated in this in in a business that there's offensive and defensive sides of business and being a business owner. And we can expand on that uh, if you'd like. But um, that's, the, that's the background uh, of Top Gun. That was an event company where we had leagues, ended up being leagues tournaments. We did, you know, just just everything from
0: the event side and coaching. So what's your, and Yeah, I do want to talk about the offensive defense and I know sales is a big thing for you, but at this point in your career, you're focusing more on systems. What is your mission? What's your goal with Top Gun and with in Hoops?
1: so yeah t- top gun is actually something that I've transitioned out of um uh, because uh, it was a it was a local company it was san diego based so I'm now more national you know got my indie world event where which is like the the concept of that the mission of that was to make the little league world series of basketball do it at the eighth grade level but i just uh i also i just really like coaching i like uh i like mold uh getting people that are talented in any form. I mean, basketball is one way, but I like to be around ta- for me selfishly. I love to be around people that are talent, but then actually mold that and grow that, uh, and see where you can take it. That's kind of something that I've always, I've always been fascinated by, um, just town in any area. I grew up with a couple of guys that were my buddies. Uh, one of them is a main character on Saturday night live and the other is a writer. And these are my good friends growing up. And, um, I just saw, it like, I, you know, I love the fact, like, like, whoa, this is really different. Like, you're really talented. And and I, I can see, like, I even told him, I was like, you're going to be on Saturday Night Live one day. Like, I knew it. So my mission basically for me personally is helping people that are serious and have some talent and seeing how far we could take it when I'm coaching. And now, you know, it's always evolving. But uh, the mission for Andy Hoops was um using uh helping organize the game of grassroots aau basketball through using cutting edge technology um i really think that 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 um the downsides of social media and some things but um the technology is what ultimately has it is and is going to solve a lot of the issues in the game and uh i remember in business school um my entrepreneur teacher uh, one of the things i remember he's like He said, what's going to solve the conflict in the Middle East one day is entrepreneurship. It's going to be entrepreneurship. And I was like, what does that even mean? Are you serious? But he's like, entrepreneurship can solve. Eventually, we'll probably be able to solve almost any problem. So I know that AAU basketball and grassroots is, I think that the kids were being hurt by how disorganized it was and all these shady characters that were involved. And I don't care what race it is, right? There is shady characters in every single race and, every, and, and and to me. And I just thought that the kids like, it, it just needed to be around better, in my opinion, influences and in, in people. So I think that making it transparent was the mission for Indie Hoops. Let's create a conversation. Let's put things online and let's not have it be such a subculture.
0: How do you balance... The, the basketball and business side. You mentioned that sometimes the basketball side messed up the business side. What, what does that transition from a coach to a business owner and operator like?
1: Oh, yeah. So that's the thing about our industry is there's a lot of people that... Um, I went into business with people that didn't have, have business experience, but they were coaches, so they could get the the players. So I think that the coaches um, are do a very good job in one aspect of business. Here's what most of them are good at. They're very good at relationships. They know a lot of people. They can get people together. They can, let's say they can form a tournament because they're, they're always talking to coaches so they can all get them in the building. What I found though is organizationally in business. um, They, a a lot of times um, coaches are uh, business wise. Don't really understand business as much in it, but Um, they bring a lot of value, but they don't really understand uh, the business side for the most part. And they're very, sometimes business is just like, it's sometimes business is just like, it's not emotion. It's, it's like, it's calculated and you have to not be as passionate. And a lot of coaches are very kind of, and myself are like emotional and passionate. So I think it's that kind of dichotomy. And the fact that um, you just have to have a lot of business experience, like, and a lot of the coaches don't know like what's the difference between an LLC and an S Corp in the, you know, when it what's your statement of information? They don't grow up learning that. They're they want to know how to defend the flex o- offense. And that's just like all that's a lot, right? But that's not the same skill set as operating a business. So I think I fell into that category. I was more of a coach and definitely didn't really understand business and learned it later. And I, if that and does that answer your question i think it's um there's a business skill set that uh that you know you, you just don't have time to learn everything and when you're coaching you're focused on uh a lot of different things than, than business
0: for sure i'm curious to know because you I, mark cuban says sales cures all right and i know for you it you yeah. can get really messy with four teams, five teams. I know a lot of operators who are coaching a bunch of teams, always trying to find coaches so they can get to the next level in their business. And when at one point when you didn't have uh, the di- you have to call tournament operators, didn't have directories while you were getting rankings, things have always been somewhat messy in some regards to the business. How do you keep pushing with? out thinking of the quality because I, I, I've heard you say quality or quality qualitative first, uh, quantitative first before qualitative first, correct? So yeah, how do you, yeah. how do you balance the quantitative over the qualitative from the business mindset versus the coach mindset?
1: Yeah. Well that, the, so I've heard Mark Cuban say this. I love him. And that's one thing that's interesting. Cause I'd like to dive deeper on that statement because Yes, I think it's true, but I'd have to disagree with that in some sense. And let me explain this. So I actually did believe that and I kind of went along with that. But one thing that I really recommend looking back is like you don't want to get too much success or like if somebody got too too much sales before they can handle the systems, handle it, that would not cure, that would make more problems, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that, if you have a good infrastructure and that's what I like, let's say you have a really good infrastructure, you have a good foundation, then the sales will cure all. But I equate it to like this. So like, you know, uh, let's say, uh, you're, someone's really hungry, right? So you eat something and if your body's working correctly, you eat something Just stay with me on right. You eat it, it digests, it goes through this whole system and mechanism process. And if, it, if it's the right food and your, and your body's working pro- properly, sorry to be a bit graphic, but it comes out the other end in something that, that, that is correct, right? If you're working properly. And then there's if it's not working properly, everyone's had the experience of it just running right through you, right? Way yeah. too fast and nothing gets broken down. If you get a lot of money, like you win the lottery, like it just flushes through uh, your infrastructure into like diarrhea it's like worse right and it won't cure you have to have things that like are in place for the sales like you will just be spinning your wheels so that's the thing that i'm talking about like that's like somebody that says like offense wins games like you don't even need to play defense you just keep scoring like if they score 140 you score 150 they score 100 like that to me is kind of like that it's like no you need to that, that you need to have like a defense set up like where you don't have to like keep scoring and keep scoring. And then because, you know, you, you in business, you want to be, I'll keep cycling. You want to be profitable and uh, there's a lot of business owners out there that they understand the revenue side. They make money. For example, I'm looking at like Lyft, let's say Lyft or Uber. It's one of the things I think about is like when the gas prices go up, what is their profit really? Are they just driving people and then filling up their tank and then driving people and filling up their tank? Mm-hmm. Like, are they making a profit when the gas prices are so high? But people see that revenues coming in, sales, sales, sales. Okay, well, what about the defense side? What about the budget? What about like cutting out uh, uh, the, the other side of it? So, um, yeah, I just think there's a lot of nuance with that. It, it, it will cure a lot, but I now, I'm, like you said, I'm really into... Um uh, it's you know, what can you keep as well? You know, can you score, but then stop the other guy from scoring, and then you score uh, you know, it's a bit more efficient to score 15 and they score six than you having to score 30 and they score 22, right? So that makes that makes sense.
0: And look, my PNL sucked last the last month. I was happy, like, oh revenue looked look great, but like you said, something that we don't talk about, we brag about or talk about revenue, but not as much about profit. It seems as, as business operators, um, w- w- interesting question. You specialize in three pointers as a player. What's your specialty or superpower when it comes to business?
1: Um, I've been told, uh, I think one of the things is um, how passionate and how like deep down the rabbit hole I'm willing to go. So whether, whatever it is, so I'm just willing to go really, really deep on things. Like, uh, I went to a coach's clinic in Fresno city and there's a coach there, junior college coach. I actually think he's probably, he's the best coach I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like this guy. And just to, 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 uh, give him a plug, his name's Ed Maddock. He's a JC coach at Fresno city. They've won. 16 conference championships in a row. So anyone that knows JC basketball, I don't know if the audience, but the turnover every year is like, your team is brand new every year. Like people leave, like, and this guy's culture is so dialed in. Um, So I saw this and I saw this and I was willing to go. Like I, I, I got to know him and I went to his clinic and I just stayed like three, four five hours past everyone else there. So I was like, really like trying to find out like what is going on here? And he told me, he's like, Brian, like everyone usually asks me about like X's and O's of what I'm doing, but I saw the subcommunication. I was really seeing like, okay, what is really going on here? This is really interesting. And then it piques my interest and I'm just a research junkie. I want to know everything about it. I want to, uh, I want to talk. So like I get really, really, pa- I think it's my passion and I get really into it. And if, I think about it, the problems until like, it really affects me. And then I think about it and I constantly stress it until I figure it out. So, um, that, and I think, um, I, I one thing I want to talk about is, um, willing to look at the, like you said, like willing to look in the mirror, like your PNL and being, I, I think at, at some point I'm willing to be really, really hard on myself almost too much and be like, okay, my P L sucks. And then I'll just obsess about it until it's fixed.
0: That's interesting. And P profit and loss statement, uh, what you're bringing in, what you're t- pushing out. And that's interesting that you say that too, because with this type of business, I've never run a, a lot of clubs, but the expenses are high jerseys, uh, tournament fees, whatever else you're including in that package there in and of itself for being a, an event promoter. You know, it's
1: interesting, my son, let me just say something on that. Cause we talked about coaching and basketball. Here's one thing that I think coaches actually have a, a natural ability. I just thought of this right now that a lot of business people don't do. Coaches understand about stats, halftime stats. What do you adjust? And after the game, you can look at a stat sheet and you're like, okay, what is going on here? Too many turnovers there. We got to do something there. I see a lot of business people that don't look at their stats like that. Like they just keep going. They don't, break it down like okay where are we at like okay it's halftime where are we at and coaches kind of naturally understand that it's the same thing in business you get the pnl that's your stat sheet that's your like that's you're breaking it down you got you know yeah uh, you're spending too much here that's a turnover right
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you know what I'm so, I, do, I do you didn't call up on this lead no, that's a missed rebound you know? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, John Chaney is just no, yeah. Run your business. Uh, try to limit your turnovers. A lot of times it's about making less mistakes. It's not being better than the other team. You just make less mistakes. And, uh, yeah, there is a lot of expenses with it. So, uh, to balance that out as you get more experience, uh, that's something that I feel like has been something that I'm good at. I just look at you know, I'm I, I I will look at it and say, you know what, that sucked. Uh, and then a year from now, are you still making are you still making those same turnovers? Like, remember what LeBron said earlier in the year? He was just like, we're not learning fast enough. with the Lakers, like, we need we keep making the same mistakes. Well, like, all right, it's okay to make mistakes, but uh, just don't keep doing them. <laughs> let's let's learn. Let's get let's get new problems because there's so many. You're always going to have problems. So let's get better in new problems. If you are staying on the same problem and mistake, you, you're you not ready for the next new th- challenge.
0: That's how I like learning about what you're doing. You are always evolving and you're forward thinking. I guess that goes, comes from being super deep in the rabbit trail. You're forward uh-huh. thinking, but you always answer the problem that the next, that the customers wanna have. So every time you solve one problem, there's going to be another problem that you have to follow up on. So you have the stats, you have any Locker, you have the rankings, you have the tournaments, you have everything that's all-encompassing with youth basketball. Before we jump into that, I, I want to ask you, what was this coach doing with his culture that got him to befo- get his players, or let's say employees or teammates, whatever you want to call them if we're mirroring basketball or business, what was he doing to get peak performance from his guys? Well, I would say
1: there's a multitude of things. Number one,
0: and this is something,
1: this is a coaching thing that I realized. I wrote an article about this, but basically, and he kind of embodied this. What your personality is, that's why it's very important you have to do a self-analysis on yourself as a coach. Your team is going to take on your personality. Like they become you. like that. It's like the way you think of things is like if you're disorganized, they're going to be disorganized. If you're organized, they're going to be organized. If you don't give a shit, they won't give a shit. Like and so he said this to me. He's like man like he goes to the extreme of this. I love learning from extremes. But he's like I'm going to tell you something Brian like I I eat where they eat, I shit where they shit, I cry when they cry, I laugh with them, I play with them and he is the embodiment of he is the ultimate like he goes first. He is the most very competitive he's uh uh works harder than than anyone he out competes everyone he just is so passionate about it hey that's number 1 so people um he's very authentic and people like really uh he really gives himself to the players and they give it back to him he really really cares and like he's cooking meals for them and he will give you the shirt off his back, but he's also a guy that is super disciplined. Like, and then those guys, he gets those guys in the weight room at 6am every day. They're working out after the games, but it's all stuff that he does as well. He works out every day. He eats the right foods. He's working at it. He's like first in last out. He's playing with his staff. He's he's 40 years old, but he's able to play and beat them still. So he's, you can't really say anything to him because he's he's setting such an example that's a b he um uh it's a he's he's the master of the culture uh, the culture is so detail oriented um it's uh you know everyone's shirt it's very military type like everyone's shirt is better be tucked in every practice every detail he's not every detail is methodically like uh picked apart and his practices are are very competitive like they compete on everything um they compete on who can eat more salad at the Let's everything's a competition so i could go on and on um but it's just one of those things he's he's like nothing else and it's his culture uh, and his consistency and his um uh uh the last thing I'll say on this is that something I've never seen is that um, he said this about culture. This is something like a takeaway that you can give for your podcast. He know, you know when your team's culture is intact, that if uh, there's an emergency and the head coach and all the assistant coaches leave your practice, does your practice run? What's the drop off? Does everyone leave or does the practice run as if you were there? And I can honestly tell you at his program, they could leave and that thing would be a well-oiled machine without him even there. And so those guys have accountability. It's the first practice that I've ever heard of that a team that I've ever heard of is that where the team in the pack was able to, have you ever heard of a teammate kicking somebody out of a practice before? Never. Yeah. I never heard of that until this, they, they would, a team would, would kick a guy out of practice for not going hard. So that, that was like, whoa, that is crazy. It's, it, it's, it, 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 uh, I could go on and on. I'm so fascinated by that and I'll show you some videos of it because you just have to, to, to hear this guy. But, um, yeah, it's, it's culture. It's like, and, and I'm really big on culture. Same with business. Like what's your culture? Is Do people, uh, we say like pike out at like 5 PM every day. Are they like watching the clock or is it like, are is it passionate people that are like, um, you know, what's the culture. And it's all, and it's, it all goes back to the personality at the top, who that person is, is, is what your business is going to be. They're going to try to be like you. There's no way around it.
0: Okay. So let's transition into some miscellaneous questions that I'm going to ran, ran off to you. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. How has youth basketball changed over the last 10 years?
1: Changed in the fact that, um, it used to be that club in AAU was really for an elite select people that were really serious in playing college basketball, uh, D1 prospects and things like that. And it's to everyone plays and younger and younger. And there's a lot more of a willingness to travel across the country to play talent and not stay local. Uh, there's a lot more uh, being spent on it and people investing in whether or not they're even talented it's just everybody's bought into this we got to be at the all the top events so I, i've seen that easily in the last 10 years uh as a uh 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 exponential amount of teams and you know everyone plays club and and it's earlier and earlier now uh, down to like i even heard there's seven you now
0: travel yeah how, how aggressive do you believe these players should be on social media when it comes to branding themselves um
1: i think uh it's a time uh, it's an um i think uh they should for the most part like elementary school n- like no i i think right when you get to hey, I, I what I, the way I see it, if I would if I had a son or something, I, I it's like a, a like I, you want to be like a stock that's kind of just slowly trending upwards as it goes and time it right. You don't want to get to be the best fifth grade con- player in the nation. There's no way you're gonna keep you're gonna keep that. So you want to be uh, slowly but surely getting better every year, just slowly upping the ante. And they so like to answer your question with social media, uh, you know. Kind of like, say, kind of get on Instagram. Maybe like you'll see sixth grade, a few posts. With seventh, eighth, you're doing a little bit more. Maybe ninth grade, you're, you're now you're on Twitter. You know a little bit, and then uh, uh, kind of building an audience uh, slowly but surely. Nothing too crazy though. Um, you know.
0: Okay, so what with the the changes made by the NCAA? What is the biggest white space for coaches or for anybody who wants to? Profit from this big basketball business that's been a, a black market for whatever reason, whatever side anybody listening to this is on. What white space do you see with new changes?
1: So, like opportunities for uh, for business business opportunities in youth basketball. Correct. Correct. Um, Correct. Um, I'm playing around with this model, which I've always thought is interesting. Is kind of like being a. I know. I think that what we're trying to do is I'm fascinated on it is just, I kind of joke, like being like the four one, one of grassroots, like where people call me and they have like these membership services and I'm able kind of like a travel agent hybrid where it's like helping, um, there's that like helping, uh, a lot of club basketball teams with like consulting and helping them. I don't know if that's something, but the other thing I think is big, uh, Let's, let's choose this one. Somebody that would be able to, uh, get, bring more corporate sponsorship and money into the grassroots to help, helping fund all this new travel. Like I said, so the parents are not having, and and the club coaches and there is, there's an infusion of capital. Um, because then I think that then the door prices would not have to be so high. Right. Like the reason that, Uh, I know you want to go rapid fire, but the reason why, you know, the NBA games tickets are like, they're expensive, but they're not as expensive is because there's advertisements and corporate sponsorship and TV and stuff like that. So I think that, um, I'd like to see somebody be able to, to network. And let's say they know Microsoft or something and get like $5,000 to, you know, program, maybe that can, you know, they can uh, put a patch on their Jersey or something that'll help them travel. So I think that's, connecting corporate, uh, relationships with grassroots.
0: Uh, I like that. Do people get indie confused with Indiana instead of Indivisible? I was worried about that. It happens from time
1: to time. Uh, but it was not enough to deter it. Um, it happened a little bit at the beginning. Uh, but for the most part, people just, it's very niche and they just kind of understand. Uh, uh, I would say it's a, it's a two to 3%. Of people I've, that I've ever did, but that's a good question. Um,
0: yeah, very okay, very low percentage. It, yeah, no, not the,
1: enough. Yeah. The
0: the la- last question would be: What advice would you give parents or, or players? Uh, this is, I guess, a good time to introduce Indy, Indyu, and Indy Locker. To mm-hmm. what advice would you give those two groups for parents and players? With would, would,
1: uh, you know, I don't have kids, but. I don't have kids, but I know that what I think is what I've seen from the successful parents is they're really into, okay, it's very important to parent the kid, but you, to get the support as you're going through sports, like these coaches, if you find a good coach, they can be such an ally for your kid, not even in the sport, but as their development, if you find like a nice positive coach, that's encouraging them is in their corner. Like really see them as they're on your team and they're like a huge influence and really take it serious. Don't just go to a team because just for the basketball in middle school or elementary, go around somebody that you're like, I really think that this person is making my kid a better person by being around them. Um, And they're going to be part of your team and then use them as, as allies, as you move forward. You know, um, you know, just, just do more research and make sure they're around really good people with good hearts and the right attentions. Uh, if first you become, uh, first you, you want to become a good person, then a good basketball player. And when you become a better person, I talk about this with my other mentor. Um, funny enough, you become a better basketball player. I don't know why. Uh, but. They go hand in hand. So that's my biggest advice is that like, I just see like, I'm like, man, how, why, what planet were you on when you thought it'd be a good idea to put your son in that program with that person? Like, are you serious? Like, you know, and it's like, I'm not trying to judge people. I'm just saying like, really do your research and do not like chase, especially in middle school. Don't chase. Like, as they say, don't clout chase, chase development, And it's usually going to be, okay, delayed gratification. A lot of times the best coaches in youth, they don't have the top teams. It it is what it is, right? So, shoot, maybe you go to a team, but maybe they have – their mission is like they're going to play against good competition. They want to go to a good tournament and go two and two, but they don't win the championship. If you go – if when you're developing and you go to a top tournament and you go two and two, that is the championship as far as I'm concerned. Like, that's how we saw it. So
0: I like it And what could you explain what Indy Locker is for those who are listening as an operator or as a player or as a parent
1: Indy Locker is for the, for, for a player to build their digital and online resume, uh, put their picture in their highlights, uh, kind of track the experience. Uh, the, the goal is we have scouts on there to rank and rate them, give them constructive criticism, uh, just leveraging the new age technology having the profiles and, um, you know, getting some exposure and getting their name out and uh, getting the information out there. So Indie Lockers is a place where we just surpassed 2,500 users. Um, uh, we have a beginner membership, which is free. And then, a, uh, we'll call sponsored membership where they can get a lot more access to raising money and, and more, uh, a lot more cool features and discounts and all that. Uh, but that's what indie lockers is it's a it's a place for the player to create their profile and, and and start building their resume and tracking their growth Brian where can we learn
0: more about you and what you're doing at indie hoops i would say
1: uh follow us on instagram uh indie hoops i n d i h um, o o p s indie lockers dot com i n d i lockers dot com and uh and check it out and um, uh, anybody that ever has a question um um, let me know. Uh, you'd be surprised even though you see people, uh, a lot of the coaches, if you're really, as this will go back to the parents as well, like in, and with me, I'll help any of your listeners or audience, um, reach out to me, feel free to reach out to me anytime. Uh, because a lot of people don't like, it, let, let me give you an example. I did that podcast. You were the only person to reach out to me and said, Hey, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's usually one out of a hundred, you know, 1% conversion. So, uh, I would say to parents as well, like reach out to people that you don't necessarily think have time for you to help. And they will help you if you genuinely want their advice. Cause they're like, wow, no one really ever asked me this. Like I, I coach basketball all the time and no one's really asked me like what I'm really doing and they will become on your side. So I, I gave that speech at a high academic, uh, It was about 150 kids. And I said, I'm going to personally mentor every single one of you. I'm going to give you all the time in the world. And you you know, the reason why I'm telling you all this, I don't have all the time, but I know that barely any of you are even going to take me up on this. You're going to forget maybe one person. So I would say, be that person (laughs) and you'll separate yourself
0: i like that be the one percent uh, follow a teacher not a class a coach not a team brian there's a lot of wisdom you gave on this man i appreciate your time and i know the audience is going to appreciate this too yeah well
1: i appreciate it. i hope it's not too much sometimes i can um it can sometimes be like uh uh i i try to make it so people are not drinking uh from a fire hydrant but i try to make i i hope it's i hope that helps i want to help your audience i want i want it to be uh I want them to be the takeaway but the biggest thing is um i would say the takeaway for basketball and business is uh you can get them to go see the parallels in both like i said for example the stat sheet and the p l um you know kind of play around with that i think you'll have the the coaches will have fun with that